Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, church. It's an absolute joy to be in your midst uh, this morning and to share the Word of God with you. I'm very honored to do so at this very special occasion. And I would really really like to congratulate um, the ones who are graduating today. And may the Lord continue to bless you and and use what you're learning for His purpose. Because that, at any graduation, is the point. We think this is now the end, but it's not. It's the beginning. What we learn, we should put it into practice. And that is why I'm so excited today to talk about mission. Mission has my heart. I started to blush a little bit with all the... CV details that came. I would like to share the CV of our Lord Jesus Christ with you today. Because that's what it's all about. I would like to preach about this theme. A heavenly vision for mission. You know, the whole Bible is full of mission. It's all about mission. It drips from every page. So what to pick? What, what, what can we read together? And I thought of reading with you today from the very last book of the Bible, the book of Revelations. And I would like to share with you from, mainly from Revelations 4 and especially Revelations 5. Because something very special is happening there. It is John who gets this vision of what heaven looks like. Let's see, there at the start of Revelations 4, it says, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone Sitting on it. Wow. If you continue reading in Revelations 4, you get this this great vision of God on the throne and many different beings giving honor and glory to Him and expressing that the one on the throne is worthy. He is holy. He is almighty. He is great. And He deserves to be praised. It must have been overwhelming for John to have seen this. But, cynics may say, heaven, what about heaven? You know, I remember as as I was studying theology as part of a very big university in the Netherlands, many people would say, heaven, you know, it's nice for you that you're a Christian. (laughs) And I'm glad that on Sunday morning you enjoy yourselves there. But what does heaven have to do with us? And the very fact that, you know, just look around you. Come on, heaven. There is stuff going on in this world. There is bad stuff going on in this world. Doesn't the very fact that there is so much pain, so much evil, so much horrible things going on, doesn't that just prove that talk of heaven, it doesn't make sense. If your God has made anything, if He is the one who made all this, He better... Come up with a plan B. He came up with a plan B. 
And that's what John gets to see in Revelation 5. John says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. So a scroll is that thing. Just, just go back. A scroll is that thing. So in those times they didn't have books like us with pages. They had long pieces of paper that were rolled like that. And if it was sealed, somebody would put his, 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 his image or his signature on those seals. Now this one has seven seals to make sure where it comes from and to make sure that only the rightful person will open it. God has a scroll on his hand, in his hand. He has a scroll in his hand. And that scroll contains God's big pl plan B. It is plan B. It is God's plan to set everything right. It is God's plan to restore everything that's damaged. It's God's plan to make an end to all those destructive powers that just want to break down and destroy. That plan exists. And it's only waiting, just waiting for the person to come and open that scroll. So come on. What person is going to open it? God is the God who always wants to use people. Well, anyone. A volunteer. There's a problem. I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. So this is the problem. This is a big problem. There is a plan. But nobody is worthy. Nobody is worthy to open that scroll and put God's plan into working. That is a problem. There is no one in this whole earth who can say, I did not contribute to the fact that things are so bad. Everybody has dirty hands. And you cannot come to the holy throne of the mighty God with your dirty hands and say, okay, give me the scroll, let me open it. <laughs> you can't. And John begins to weep because he was very familiar with all sorts of suffering. But then the gospel comes. The good news. There is somebody. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. There is someone. There is someone. So there's a lion being announced. And if I were John, you know, it would be interesting. Let me see that lion. Let's have a look at that lion. I remember going to Etosha wanting to see a lion. I was actually a bit disappointed because <laughs> it was just lazily lying there, doing nothing. <laughs> so John is excited like me, let me see the lion. Well, he looks and what does he see? Next one, please. What does he see? He looks at the lion. Then I saw a lamb. The lion is, is announced, the lamb becomes visible, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out 
into all the earth. Jesus is announced like a lion and becomes visible like a lamb. And this is a very, very crucial thing in the gospel. You know, we in our world, we think if somebody, something needs to be said right, we need another lion with bigger teeth, more power, more money, more arms, more this, more that, more that. That's the one that's going to conquer and set things right. We need another lion. But the gospel puts that upside down. The lion comes as a lamb and gives himself. He gives himself. He comes, he suffers, he dies, he enters death. But then, that lamb is also a lion. Jesus suffers death like a lamb and conquers death like a lion. There is ultimate power in his ultimate weakness. Next slide, please. The victory won by the lion is accomplished by the death of the lamb. This is our Lord. This is our Lord Jesus Christ, the lion and the lamb. And that makes him worthy. He went out and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And then he takes it because he is worthy. He's the only one who is worthy because of being the lion and the lamb at the same time. And from there, everything gets into motion. When he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp. They were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Your prayers are in heaven, brothers and sisters. Your prayers are there. And they sang a new song saying, let's say this together. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And the next one. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests who serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Okay, and then the praise continues. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousands. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, let's say it together, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Next one. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, last word, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Hallelujah. A heavenly vision for mission. This is what I've called these things that John sees there in heaven. I want to share five key principles from Revelation 5 about mission. Well, there, you might say, well, there's nothing. Is there anything saying, thou go with forth and do with mission? Is it there? No, it's not, there's nothing there. It's not there. Okay. But everything there motivates us for mission. Everything that John sees there makes us people who want to share God's word, who want to give ourselves for his world. Let's see. There's five principles I want to share. The first one, 
mission begins on the throne of God. It all starts with a God who loves us so much that He has this scroll. He has this plan B. Plan B is there. And He, in His great love, wants nothing less than this. Getting His plan into motion. He Himself provides the lamb and the lion. He Himself provides His spirit to equip us. What is very clear from this heavenly vision is that the God on the throne wants to restore His glory and His kingship to the earth. That is what God wants. It's all about His throne. He reigns. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of glory. He wants to restore His glory and His kingship, His good and righteous rule to our world. That is what this is about. And, you know, when Jesus told us to pray, He said what? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let glory be given to your name because you deserve it. Hallowed be your name, your, your kingdom come. He wants to restore his kingship to the earth. His good and righteous rule setting everything right because there is something wrong. Your kingdom come and then your will be done. How? On how is it done in heaven? How is God's will done in heaven? We've just been hearing all about that. We've just been reading about that. God, God's will in heaven, where everybody gets, lifts up their heads and gives glory to Him, the good and righteous King, that is God's will done in heaven. And Jesus told us to pray, let your will be done the way it is done in heaven. Let it also happen on earth. And that is what mission is all about. God wants to bring His will to the earth, His kingdom to the earth, His glory to the earth. And He does that by giving the authority to the Lamb, the one who is the Lion and the Lamb. The royal authority given to Jesus, the Lion Lamb, calls us into mission. Okay? Because everything that's happening there, where, it is, where the Lion Lamb is declared to be the one worthy of glory, worthy of opening the scroll, the Father gives him the authority to do so. So in the Great Commission, where Jesus says, uh, um, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizes him, blah, blah, blah. I think it's our favorite Bible verse, isn't it? How does it start? Jesus just, doesn't just say, go and make disciples. He says, all authority has been given to me. He, why? Because he is the lion and the lamb who has received that authority. And that is why we say mission begins on the throne of God. Principle number two. Mission is all about worship. There is worship going on in heaven. Unbelievable worship going on in heaven. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. You know, when we praise God, when we are in church and, pra and, and praising God and, and saying, Lord, you are worthy of all praise, and we give Him the honor, what do we do after that? 
Can we just sit down? After praising him like that. Lord, you deserve everything. Oh. After worshiping the Lord, we cannot just sit down and just sit. If God is worthy all the honor and glory, we must go and share about him. We cannot do everything, anything else. If we really believe that he is worthy all honor and glory, we cannot sit down until everybody bows before him in honor and praise. Worship needs to lead to witness. And mission is all about inviting people. Come on. There's this big crowd that wants to give honor and glory to the Lord. Come on and worship with us. It has all to do with the fact that there is a throne. And people often bow to any other throne except the one that is in heaven. Mission has to do with the fact that people still keep on bowing to other thrones. And that's an all other topic that we can, can, could, could spend hours on. But this is the problem, that so easily we're just content with that. We praise God and we sit down. We cannot do that. God's glory leads to worship. God's, the worship of God's glory leads to sharing His gospel with others. Number three. Mission is the mission of kings and priests. In one of those worship songs that are going on in heaven, they sing, it is, they sing the following. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. God is making his people into kings and priests. What does that mean? Are you a king? Are you a king? Yes. Are you a priest? Yes. From the very beginning, when God created people, He created us to live our lives in worship of Him on the throne, and in taking responsibility in His earth, in His creation. Worship, giving Him praise and glory like priests on behalf of the whole creation, bringing praise to Him. And as kings, on behalf of the great King, bringing His great rule to the earth. Wherever you are, wherever you have a responsibility in your life, the God who wants to call you to, who makes you in a king and a priest, wants to use you for his purpose. That is a big point. Mission, when we talk about mission, God equips us to be kings and priests, to be people who say, it is not just about me singing glory, glory on Sunday. Mission is about the God who made this world, who sets his plan B in motion, who says, I ultimately will make everything right, and I'm busy doing that, and I call you to be part of that. I call you to be one who, who, who uses these gifts to be a king and to be a priest. Kings and priests. How many of us are kings and priests? All of us. We are called to be kings and priests. 
The Great Commission begins by telling us that Jesus is Lord of all of life within his whole creation. Jesus is Lord of the workplace and the family, Lord of the streets and the skies, Lords of schools and slums, Lord of hospitals and housing, Lord of governments, business, academia, sport and culture, Lord of all time and space. So the discipleship and mission that Jesus calls us into is for the whole of life. If Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth, that excludes no place. It excludes no job, no vacation, no day or night, no part of life at all. God has a mission. And he calls us to be followers of the Lion and the Lamb wherever we are, wherever he has placed you. Principle for mission unites. When they are singing and they praise the Lamb and they say, You are worthy to take the scroll to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God. Who? Persons from every tribe and every language and every and every. If mission does one thing, and that's what it has done in my own life, being able to serve in different places, is standing in awe and wonder of the fact how different God created all of us. And how many different ways there are in praising Him and worshipping Him and in following Him. And at the same time, He having the power to unite us and make us one. And if this is the heavenly vision of people from many, many different backgrounds and many, many different um, uh, uh, languages and cultures, it is such a joy to be able to taste something of that already here on this earth. There is so much that we people use to divide. We build so many walls. We draw so many borders. This big, big vision of heaven shows us that God wants to unite people from many different places. And I praise the Lord for, for having, uh, given, having given me the privilege of being able to meet so many people of so many different backgrounds. Sometimes even people, you don't, you don't even speak the same language. But you're one because of Him. Mission unites. We reach out. And as we reach out, we discover He makes us one. Number five. The lion and lamb principle of mission. You know, we said Jesus suffers death like a lamb. And conquers death like a lion. In suffering and obedience and going into the deepest darkness, he made a way for us. In rising and living and receiving the authority and building his kingdom on this earth, he's like a conquering lion. And if this is the principle, if this is the principle, this is how God want, chose to save this world. In power of the lion and in weakness of the lamb. How should we do mission? As lambs? Or as lions? Both! We need both. The obedience of the lamb. 
needs to be reflected in us. The coming with empty hands. Empty hands of the Lamb. Scars in them. It so easily is our experience. If we want, you know, if we learn many things and God calls us for a certain task, we can so feel so vulnerable like a lamb. A lamb with bloodstains. Others that just feel like lions. <laughs> and they think, okay, <laughs> let me do it. Here I am. The lion Christians think they can do everything. Ooh. <laughs> what is God's principle? When He shows how Jesus is totally different from the, our way of looking at power in this world, our mission should reflect that. We come like vulnerable, vulnerable lambs. We come with empty hands. We come, as, as Apostle Paul put it, as jars of clay. A jar of clay. What happens if, you, if it falls to the ground? It breaks. It's in a hundred pieces. Lambs. We are lambs. Like jars of clay that easily break. But God chose to put His treasure in us. If God equips you and calls you for something, and you feel like a jar that easily falls to the ground, God wants to put His treasure in you. And use you for His purpose. It's just for lambs and jars of clay to be, to be ready. Jars of steel. <laughs> jars of steel are like lions. They forget. They think they can do everything. But when disaster strikes, they have empty hands. We need the treasure in us. The God who says, if you are vulnerable like a lamb, I want to work in you with my lion power. And this is my prayer for you, people graduating and hopefully continuing to study next year. Be ready. Are you ready to be used in this mission? Do you know the lion and the lamb? Do you know the God who has a plan and wants to put it into motion through the lion lamb and using us for his purpose? Shall we stand up? Who do you worship? Who is in the throne? Who is on the throne in your life? Don't leave from this place without acknowledging the lion and the lamb. Lord, we come to you. To you who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Lord, we pray for one another that we may always have this vision, this heavenly vision before our eyes. That you are the one who has a plan. That you want to use us in our weakness when we feel like vulnerable lambs. But always knowing that you want to equip us with lion power to follow you and to share your glory, your honor and praise with those around us. Lord, we pray for this world. Make your glory known. And we pray, Lord, our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Worthy are you. We pray in Jesus' name, the Lion and the Lamb. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.